This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Appreciate you tuning in today. We're in part six of our People of God series, and we're going to be focusing on the heart of the people of God. And the word heart, as it's used about a thousand times in the Bible, is referring figuratively to the seat of thought and emotion and the will. And so you find phrases like the thoughts of your heart and may God forgive you the intention of your heart. As Peter says to Simon the sorcerer in in Acts chapter 8, the greatest command, love God with with all of your heart. And Romans 6, 17, obey from from the heart. Uh, So we have all these kinds of expressions that communicate to us how the Bible conceives of of the heart as the kind of the control center of our of our being where all our thoughts and attitudes and behaviors are are begin and are formed there and that's important to establish as we uh, go go forward with this discussion another example of this usage uh, can be found in first peter 3 and verse 4 where peter is talking about uh, wives and the behavior of wives in the context toward unbelieving husbands and he's talking about their the character and he uses a phrase the hidden person of the heart that that god values right so uh, there even though he's speaking of a specific class of a person namely a wife that the principle still stands as consistent with what we see used in in scripture that the heart is referring to the the real person what somebody really is and who they who they truly are and that can either be very good or it can be very bad. And so when God seeks a people among the Israelites, he looks for those who would have their hearts circumcised and be stiff-necked no longer in Deuteronomy 10:16. So that's a very vivid picture of someone's heart and having all the the bad um cut away, right? Just removed and you have this uh this this open heart for God that's not rebellious, that's tender, that's uh, receptive to his will. And so Paul touches on this when he writes to the Romans as well. And in Romans two twenty nine, you see this idea again. He says that he who is a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, not in the letter. And so he's not saying he's not saying that the letter of obedience is unimportant, but when it's letter only. In other words, when you just kind of have this head knowledge of what the Bible says and you're, you're able to, you know, even articulate that and have conversations about it, but nothing ever really changes. It doesn't, you don't surrender inwardly to the power of, of the word of God. And so this letter only kind of experience or, you know, lip service is not from an honest heart. And so, you know, talk about the Bible all day long. You know, go to church and 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 read the Bible, but um, and doing those things doesn't truly represent our innermost feelings, right? If we're not if we're not doing them in order to draw near to God, in order to learn more about Him and be be pleasing to Him, uh, we're just being hypocritical. And and this is you know what Moses describes as being stiff necked rebellion against God in in the Old Testament. And so it's a little wonder that Jesus said, again, the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind in Matthew 22, 37, and 38. So heart, mind, and soul 
do have meanings independent of one another. And uh, Jesus is pulling them together, I think, in that context to say that our love must be genuine and it must encompass our entire being and come from the very depths of our be- being. And it and it's it's without subterfuge. It's it's without hypocrisy, but it's it's sincere and genuine. And so when we read both Romans two twenty nine, and then later in in Romans chapter seven, beginning in verse eighteen, Paul speaks of the inward man and his will or mind. Those are all ways of identifying the spirit that is in him. So he uses those words interchangeably. And so the 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 main point being is that uh, the submission to God's law has to be. Uh, of the will and from the inward man and of the mind of the spirit of the heart and so on and so forth. So all of these ideas are consistent with one another. We're just talking about genuine, true surrender and submission uh, and genuine love for God. And so in Romans chapter seven, Paul, remember in the context, he's talking about two laws in himself. He observes these two laws. He says, there's one working in his flesh. And he, he, he describes that essentially as the urge to satisfy his flesh versus the law that he observes in his mind or his spirit in the inward man that that genuinely desires to do the will of God, uh, but he keeps coming up short. He knows that he continues to sin, and he describes that conflict there. And then he says, through the mercies of Christ, he can say that I serve God with my spirit in the gospel, Romans 1, 9, and I serve the law of God with my mind, again, in Romans seven twenty five. 25. Uh, but he also understood to be carnally minded was to yield to the flesh and it meant spiritual death. And so he's thankful. You can read the end of Romans chapter seven and beginning Romans chapter eight. You can see Paul's thanks, thankfulness uh, for the forgiveness that comes through Christ and the, the assurance we have. in so long as we are spiritually minded, yes, we come up short and we, we fail and we sin, but if we have that genuine, sincere intent in, in, in our minds and, and hearts and, and our wills and all the words that Paul uses there to be pleasing to God, well, then God knows this and it is it is a life of, of peace despite our, our shortcomings. So Paul doesn't claim to be free from sin and, and no man um, can do that on, on his own merit. He, so Paul freely acknowledges sin in his life saying, I am carnal, I'm sold under sin. And again, he says, what I'm doing, I don't understand because I, I, what I want to do, I don't practice. And the very things that I do are what I hate. And in verses 14 and 15, and you can see this also in 1 John chapter 1, where he talks about um, Christians who say they have no sin are, are deceiving themselves and the truth is not in them. But uh, he and then goes on to describe the, the true believer confesses sin and continually, continually goes to Christ for for mercy, and so this is a, it's similar to what Paul is des- describing here as he's talking about this this real intent to serve God. Uh, he didn't have um, he he's struggling against sin, but he's also at the same time saying I don't have a carnal mind. He didn't have a carnal or fleshly mind, will or spirit that just kind of reveled in sin and uh, was intent on it. No, his desire was to do the right thing. And he's telling us that he's that he's going humbly before God for forgiveness when sin occurs, when he falls short. And this is the spirit, this is the heart, the mindset, the attitude 
that is essential for access to to the throne of mercy. And so we've stressed the importance of worship and and service coming from the heart, meaning, you know, sincerity, which is evidence of a heart given to God. But Isaiah warned of a mouth and lips which draw near to God and honor God, but have removed their hearts far from God in Isaiah 29, 13. And their fear toward God is taught by the commandment of men. And so even the fear is a doctrine of men or reverence. It's no, in Isaiah's case, he's saying it's your, your devotion is no deeper than human traditions. Right. And Jesus brings out this point also in Matthew 15 verses seven through nine. He he uses Isaiah's exact words. As a matter of fact, when he's talking to that group of individuals there, so they fit into that category of individuals we were talking about at the outset of our, our lessons, whose, whose actions, um, you, you know, who outwardly seem to fit the picture and seem to fit fit the bill, but ultimately their hearts were given to something else. Um, and when our hearts are are given to lust, we indict ourselves. Right? Matthew five twenty eight, Jesus said, um, uh, Matthew fifteen nineteen, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, and murders, and adulteries, and fornications, and thefts and lies and blasphemy. So regardless of how we seek to hide our innermost spirit and and try to cover it with outward acts of goodness, and maybe we, you know, we go through the motions or we feign um, sincerity, you know, God ultimately sees our heart and he judges us accordingly. And, and Paul is reminding us in Galatians 6 and verse 7, he says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. And so many passages teach that conversion to Christ is basically a change of, of heart. It, it begins there where we are taught and, and we hear the truth of the gospel and we're learning about Christ and who he is and, and what he's done. And, and that um, impels us, compels us if we have the, the good and honest heart that Jesus describes in, uh, in, in Luke chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 13 and the parable of the sower. It compels us to obey him. He puts it a little bit differently in John six forty five when he says, "All who have been, um, all who have learned from the Father, come to me." And and so, Jesus also, in a direct way, and in, in other cases, he's telling a parable, right? In Luke eight and, and Matthew thirteen, but there, in a direct way, he's talking about the drawing influence of the teaching of of God. All who have heard and learned of God, come come to me. And so this involves you know it's not just a clinical kind of thing it certainly involves the intellect but there's more to it than that we're talking about emotions and will and and how the power of the word affects us as it reveals uh as as it reveals god and and christ and his will for us Uh, romans 10 and verse 10 says with the heart one believes unto righteousness and the greek word uh, metaneo i don't know if i'm saying that right um to, to repent means to change one's mind, so it's a, it's a change of heart. It's that change of the the inner man and his and his will, and unless that takes place, all other deeds of righteousness, all other obedience is not real obedience. All right, and that, and that includes any anything that the New Testament speaks of, including baptism. And Peter, you know, hits this point on the head directly in First Peter three twenty one where he says baptism 
is more than external washing. He says it's he says it's not just the removal of dirt from the flesh, but if done um, in, in faith and done godly in, in the biblical way, it is the appeal to God for a good conscience. So it's it's a it, it's a, a crying out. It's a it's a request. It's imploring God to make my conscience clean. And so God seeks a people whose innermost being is is turned toward Him, who give them who give Him their all. In Psalm 103, David said, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me." And so that's again that's the same idea that we've been talking about. All that is within me. Uh, must be dedicated to to the Lord and love the Lord. And so that kind of dedication and intention and purpose uh, has to be part of coming to Christ so that the the change must be desired, the change must be intended, and the evidence of that intent will be seen in a a changed life. And there's going to be failures, as we talked about. You know, Paul acknowledged as much, and he was an apostle, Right, and and there's going to be the need for further forgiveness, also as we we saw in, in Romans seven and First John one. But here again, the the heart is of great importance. Simon's heart, you know, I mentioned Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter eight earlier. Um, his Peter says that his heart is not right in the sight of God when he uh, he desires to purchase the authority to uh, bestow miraculous gifts through the Holy Spirit on others when he sees that. When the apostles laid their hands on people, they could confer uh, those those kinds of miraculous manifestations of the Spirit, and so he wants to buy that. And then, as a result, he that's sin. And Peter says, "You thought you could purchase the gift of God with money," and so he says, "Your heart is not right in the sight of God." And he was told to repent and pray that the thought of his heart or the intent of his heart may be forgiven him. And so his heart was was unstable. He was a babe in Christ, but God's ears are open to the prayers of his people who truly repent and come humbly to him for for mercy. And this indicates that the development of a spiritual heart is is not a miraculous once-for-all time occurrence, I believe, as some people teach, but it's a continued process of of learning and believing and and hearing the word. Peter was telling Simon the truth. And he was telling Simon what he needed to hear in, in that moment. And, and Simon had a choice to learn from that and believe it and humble himself before it and then follow through with what Peter was telling him to do or uh, forget about it. And and that, that choice to make progress and to make the correction and make the change and humble ourselves is is what Peter describes, I believe, as growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Second Peter three and verses seventeen and eighteen, so that it's not this kind of, um, you know, miraculous or or experience um, that you know, or feeling or euphoria or something like this. You know, our emotions may be affected by the word of God, but an emotional experience is not the the growth that God is looking for. What He wants us is to grow in what grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we we do that, uh, then yes, our emotions are going to be severely um, uh, uh, affected, but we can't be feeling junkies, you know, just kind of looking for, you know, the next higher experience for the sake of experience. You know, we want 
we want to genuinely draw near to God and grow in our knowledge of him and his expectations and will for us and uh and and, and in shooting for that and, and desiring that well then we get all the 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 effects that uh unfortunately so many folks aim for uh in and of themselves like an emotional kind of experience and so there's many heart scriptures that the, the, the scriptures that speak to the heart that lead to the conclusion that the condition of of our heart depends upon us. It depends upon you. Your heart depends upon you, and my heart depends upon me. And, and the condition, the state of um, the state of our heart, and so the means of forgiveness is through God, who offered His Son and sacrificed Jesus Christ, so that we can have our sins taken away and completely canceled out. But it's up to us to hear the message. And believe the message and obey the message. Right, that is, that's also of God. It's it's from Him. It's sent. It's sent by Him. And we individually have to make that determination through faith to receive it, and 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 conform our lives to it. Make make the necessary changes, and grow in the way that He is calling us to grow and and to become one of His people and to stay one of His people. So God does the inviting. Um, the the calling in John six forty five that the teaching but man must do the receiving he must do he must make the choice to come and to be faithful and each individual is accountable God has made each of us a a free moral agent capable of of reasoning uh, have, we have the capacity to love and to and to learn He's given us so many uh, great great gifts our very ability to to think is his power communicated to us you know no other no other part of creation has that um you know of, of this creation terrestrial creation has that capability to to reason and and to think and to love and create and follow the narrow path that leads to eternal life and god is not asking us to do something impossible but that doesn't mean that the journey he wants us to take is going to be an easy one. The message of the cross is one of sacrifice. Sacrifice on God's part in the giving of his son, but then he calls us to give ourselves to him and to take up our cross. As Jesus says in Matthew sixteen twenty four, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So sacrifice is, is also demanded on our part, on the part of the individual obeying and denying oneself and and putting Christ and his will before our own. Um, and that may well mean uh, at, at one time or another giving our, our lives, um, suffering to the point of death, as many first century Christians did, and as many Christians, I suspect, still do in other parts of the world. But the vain traditions received from those who have gone before have uh, unfortunately colored the way people think and and live and have reprogrammed much of people's thinking about biblical things and, and um, led their hearts astray. And we have to be careful that we aren't duped by that or that we aren't duped by our own selfish incl- inclinations and make ourselves... Uh, fodder for the enemy um you know to be merely religious is not demanding uh because you, there's lots of religious people in the world 
and you're going to find something for every taste out there um, and everything. So in an opinion, and Paul warned about this in in 1 Timothy 4, if memory serves, how um, or 2 Timothy 4, where there's going to be people, he says in the end, who want to have their 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 ears tickled and they're going to heap to themselves teachers that please their ears and and just tell them what they want to hear they're going to be selective members and nevertheless they're going to be religious people who pay who pay their dues who occupy the pew now and then but that doesn't mean that they're acceptable to God right they may be people who are beneficial to society and they help shape social morals and they do many good things um but God is seeking more than that and that's what I wanted to set out to discuss with you today you know from Adam and Eve to the, among the first inhabitants of the earth through the time of Moses and Abraham um to the time of those who were first called on the day of Pentecost after Christ's resurrection to obey the gospel. What God is looking for is a people for his own possession whose heart is truly given to him. And nothing short of full, wholehearted dedication will satisfy him. Self must be sacrificed on the altar of humble obedience. And love for God and our fellow man takes on meaning completely beyond eye for an eye, and love those who are lovable, and things like this. The pursuit of of that standard challenges us throughout our lives, and it's a lifelong pursuit that, you know, the the principles themselves, the, the perfect pattern is unattainable in its fullness on our part, but God seeks people who are striving for it nonetheless, who are pressing toward that mark, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 wholeheartedly striving for it. And they will affect life on this earth and they're essential for life, eternal life, these these teachings that God has passed down to us in His Holy Word. And so, as we think about these passages together and we examine ourselves, we want to ask ourselves, am, am, I, um, am I obeying from the heart? Or have I allowed myself to be duped into thinking that um, my actions are done in the fear of God when really I'm fearing nothing more than the tradition of men and what they have peddled to me as the gospel? Am I truly seeking the will of God above my own? Am I willing to dismiss my own desires and interests to pursue His? Because nothing else can occupy his place in my heart and allow me to be acceptable to him. Appreciate your attention today. Please continue to study God's word and I'll do the same. If you'd like to contact me and and discuss these things further, you have any questions or concerns, please do so at leonvalleychurch at gmail.com or visit our website at leonvalleychurch.org and fill out a contact form there. Love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason Garcia. And this has been Faithful Sayings.